and welcome to another great episode of a Colts podcast. My name's Brandon, and I'm joined here by your co-host, my best friend, Andrew Moore. How are you doing today, kind sir? Doing pretty well, man. Uh, week two of camp's in the books. Pads got put on. There was a skirmish. Things are starting to heat up down there in Westfield, and I mean, it's pretty hot out. I, I don't know if I'd like to be out practicing in 90-degree weather with high humidity. Wyatt Law, thanks for joining us, brother. Upset. But yeah, it's it's the Colts have got a lot done this week. There's some guys that have stood out that we're going to talk about. There's rumors flying around, so a bunch of stuff to get to today. How are you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing just fine. Uh, speaking of that 90-degree humid heat, uh, still no air conditioning in this household. So, Oof. I mean, I am just a sweating just sitting in a chair, sweating. It's a crisp uh, sixty-nine degrees in this. House. I have to. I thanks. Nice. I nice. I have to take like a not cold, cold shower, but like I got to take a cool shower at night to cool off right before bed. You know what I mean? And that's after you know getting up in the morning, going to the gym, shower. And so I mean, I'm really using up the water. Water bill is not going to look good uh, when you get that first full one. But listen, hot take: cold showers. Very high on the list. I hate hot showers. Lukewarm is the hottest I will go with a shower. Oh, yeah. Paige is lava, and I am, you know, bath water. That's the point, right? I'm in the bathtub. I want to, you know, standing, but still. Uh, so typically, you know, I'll hop out of the shower and say, all right, baby, you can turn on the lava. Because uh, <laughs> I'm not about it. Um, <clears throat> shut up, whatever you're about to say, because we're going to start talking about some important things, Andrew. Uh, first of all, uh, in order to uh, be able to better partake in this next thing, make sure you go follow a Colts podcast uh, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at a Colts podcast. Uh, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, these days you can Google our name and you'll find us. And as a matter of fact, I just did the old Google. Yeah. Uh, you find us and our friends over at the locked on Colts podcast. Uh, Jake, Arthur and Zach Hicks, uh, big fan of Dan Dockage and kicker Zach Hicks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> i love kickers i don't know what his problem is but anyway and the reason that's so important to go follow us there is so that you can join our colts podcast ticket giveaway two tickets to the colts versus the lions august 20th 1 p.m at lucas oil stadium rules are like a colts podcast on facebook follow at a colts podcast at andrew moore nfl and at bm moses that's two m's bm moses nine on twitter uh, subscribe to a Colts podcast on video on YouTube on video uh, where you watch the videos on YouTube and uh, bonus entry as decided by yours truly last week. If you leave a review on Spotify or uh, Apple podcasts, take a screenshot of that bad boy and shoot it over to me or Andrew or the podcast account. Have you gotten any of those? I have. I've got a couple of them. So people are people are putting in their extra tickets, their extra votes, and who knows? It may be the difference in deciding whether or not you get the tickets. Just an extra entry be. into the raffle, and it takes you like five seconds to do so. Just go ahead, give yeah. us a five star review, enter in for some tickets. Yeah, and uh, I know it's just the preseason, but it's still a free game. Uh, rumor has it maybe even free parking. That's uh, TBD. We'll see. We will see. Andrew, are we ready? Let's get into it, brother. Let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts training camp of 2022 week two update. Um, 
I mean, it sounds like it's getting a little dicey, which means uh, means the boys are putting in the work, putting in the effort. Uh, we haven't had any of our guest teams yet around, right? Correct. The Lions don't come till not even next week, but the week after that. That's the only team that will be doing joint practices with the Colts. Okay. So uh, no visitors yet. Uh, general observations from camp uh, since last week, Andrew. Let's uh, chat about it. Sir. Yeah, like I said before, the, the pads got put on for two out of the three practices this week. So that means guys were able to hit a little bit. And and kind of naturally, we saw the defense really step it up this week. I think the defense won pretty much all three of the days. It doesn't mean the offense didn't have their moments, but when you're talking about which side won, offense or defense, I'd say the defense came out on top every single day there was even a moment where when practice ended they were doing i think it was either 11 on 11 red zone work and the defense won two of the final three reps and frank reich made the offense run suicides run sprints to end practice and and matt ryan said after practice that if we're not going to execute we deserve to run those so the intensity did pick up a little bit we saw stefan gilmore a mm. uh, nice hit on alec pierce there was a moment where julian blackman put a nice hit on on naheem hines so so guys are starting to uh to to lay the wood a little bit there was a skirmish that we'll talk about in a little bit with a guy that had a skirmish last year i don't think we're surprised that he'll be in this but yeah the intensity definitely picked up this is the last week that the Colts did some hard install next week is going it's going to start being more execution based and kind of narrowing down the playbook and and the scheme to things that this offense and and this defense do well uh but there were some guys that definitely stood out that we'll we'll talk about throughout some rookies uh the pass rush definitely looks like it's coming along which is great news for Colts fans I think it was a productive week all around in a very hot Westfield, Indiana this week. Uh, and definitely some names that we're about to talk about throughout this that popped up more this week than last week. Um, and maybe some names not as you know dominant this week as they were last week. But Matt Ryan is going to remain um, a topic of conversation throughout these Colts camp updates, Andrew. Um, anything different this week out of Matt Ryan or exciting that uh, maybe nobody's heard about yet? I think from what I've what I've seen and what I've heard, it's just the consistency from Matt Ryan. He yeah. has yet. I mean, do you remember last year where we were talking about every other day? It wasn't necessarily Carson Wentz because he wasn't practicing, yeah. but it was more. I mean, Sam Ellinger and and Jacob Eason throwing multiple picks within eleven on eleven sessions. Yeah. Matt Ryan has had one interception, and it came on day one in seven on seven work. He hasn't thrown an interception yet in 11 on 11 work the passes are coming out crisp there, there are times where where maybe he's not linking up with his receivers but again they're still in the beginning phases of, of getting the timing down with one another yeah. and i think the biggest thing that has stood out is i mean we know the leadership and and each individual teammate of matt ryan has talked about it i think each time they spoke with the, with the media mm -hmm. here we've heard each time them talk about his, their leadership, but, but being at practice and, and seeing that Matt Ryan goes up against goes when he's not on the field in between, in between reps, Matt Ryan is out there talking with these guys and, 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 and actually just giving them the extra advice 
in between the reps. So he's standing there with Alec Pierce talking about how he wants them to run a certain route. Mm-hmm. Or he's to talk with Michael Pittman of where or Paris Campbell, where they need to be on this certain play so that way the ball comes out on time and it's in the right place. So he's taking a very hands-on approach. He's he's chirping at the wide receivers and tight ends and not necessarily putting them down. Right. But he just expects so much out of them. And and we I mean, we talked about the up tempo style of the of the practices. That that same feel has just continued this week. It's just a different feel around this Colts team because there's a leader at the quarterback position. It's as simple as that. Are uh think have have practices still ended early at all this week? Practices have continued to end either early, about 10 minutes early, or or right on time. And there hasn't been very many mistakes as far as having the offense line up again or false starts or anything like that they're getting through practice still at a very rapid rate uh and everyone keeps you know all the players last week as we mentioned last week as well you're drinking a little what is that is that orange juice or is it gatorade a margarita brother Margar- margarita thirsty thursday um, in a colt's groom cup shout out here to I- uh, my fiance's friend for making that for us. Very nice. And I'm just drinking water. So look at me. Uh, <laughs> oh, how things changed this week. Um, last week, we talked about how all the players seem to be on the same page. Like they, they noticed a change um, that there's a huge focus on trying to make sure they're ready week one um, and avoid a slow start. Matt Ryan seems to be, in my opinion, driving uh, that himself as well, really well. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Matt Ryan is is it's just a more focused and there's a there's a more sense of urgency this year than any other year. And it's not really just with Matt Ryan. I mean, Matt Ryan is driving the ship. He's the leader of this Colts team. But you can notice it in in Michael Pittman, in in Jonathan Taylor, in in Quentin Nelson, and, and then the guys on the defensive side, Yannick Ngakwe, DeForest Buckner, Stephon Gilmore. They there's just it's a different feel. I keep getting back to it because it's just, you can feel it even in the stands or even standing along the sidelines that it's just a different team. These guys are ultra focused. It's a serious environment. I mean, you know, the guys are joking around a little bit, having fun during practice, but but when they're all they're set, it's time to go and, and they're out there to execute and, and get work done. So uh, as we see here, for this, con- this question by Wyatt Law, it's a great question. Is there a significant difference between Ryan and Foles and their relative approach? Are both get-effing set sort of leaders? So from what I've seen at practice is Nick Foles isn't the isn't the vocal leader or the vocal quarterback that Matt Ryan is. And that's probably because this is Matt Ryan's team. He is the quarterback. Nick Foles has accepted that. He even said in his introductory press conference, this is Matt Ryan's team. I'm here to help Matt Ryan. So Nick Foles hasn't been as vocal, but you can see that Nick Foles went out there with the second team in seven on seven or 11 on 11. He does have a good command of the offense, and and he is making sure guys are are in line. But but Matt Ryan's really the guy that's leading this team and and the engine that's driving this Colts offense. Right, and I I don't know a whole ton about Nick Foles, but I'm pretty sure he's more the quiet, more like an Eli Manning, uh, more similar to Frank Reich, as I assume in uh, his behavior. Uh, so I can't imagine him being, being an, a get F and set kind of guy, but he seems to be getting along right. well with the team, uh, and the other backup quarterbacks. 
Well, Nick uh, Foles, Nick Foles is the guy that, that comes in and says, this is Matt's team. I'm just here to help him wherever. And then yeah. when Matt Ryan was asked, how do you keep these guys engaged and, and focus? Matt Ryan tells, tells us in the media, he goes, you keep a foot up their ass. So you, you, you just see the intensity that Matt Ryan brings to the quarterback position. That's wild. I love it. I mean, Matt Ryan is more, uh, more Philip Rivers, more Philip Rivers, more Peyton Manning. Or Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was yeah. like this in practice. True. Like he was not necessarily Again, Luck podcast, by the way. Thank you, Zach Kiefer, uh, and Zach Hicks, uh, for all the credit he's received <laughs> um for that. But yeah, not necessarily Andrew Luck in the media, but Andrew Luck in practice, he was yeah. throwing F bombs out there. He's getting guys and keeping guys accountable, and that's what Matt Ryan's been doing. Right. All right. Uh wide receiver group, Andrew. Uh I'm going to throw this out there in the beginning of this. I was at dinner with Paige, some of Paige's family that I had not met yet uh, last night, and her grandpa is apparently a big Colts fan, so Paige starts talking to him you know, about that, getting me, me and him going. He says, is that TJ, T, TJ Hilton playing this year? Uh, <laughs> and I said, I, no, not yet, nothing, nothing, nothing that I know of yet. And he said, well, I saw somebody running out there Saturday night in the 13. I was like, uh-oh. Got somebody wearing TJ's uh, jersey out there. I can't wait till a comment says it's TY, as if I don't know that. Um, But, yeah, that was very funny. Still no update on him, I know. Uh, But let's chit-chat about these receivers. So I think I'm going to start out with with Michael Pittman. I mean, last week we said there wasn't anything maybe big about Pittman. He was just kind of doing his own thing. Week two, as a physicality has ramped up, Michael Pittman Jr., has ramped up and are really are we really surprised about that i i certainly no. am not michael Pittman jr has i mean he seems like he's taken another step he's yeah. been catching everything over the middle i think that's where we're going to see a lot of michael Pittman is over the middle this year in that in that mid-range area where where he should really excel but he's been going up against guys like stefan gilmore brandon face it not necessarily kenny moore because of Pittman's mostly been outside, but when he's right. gone up against Stefan Gilmore, he's won multiple times, bodied Stefan Gilmore, ripped the ball out of his hands, just been really been that physical presence. And it's just kind of showing that again, Michael Pittman is such a physical player that when the pads come on and when things get more physical, he's going to go out there and dominate. So right. Paris Campbell, um, he's still been creating that chemistry with Matt Ryan. And I haven't seen anything to displace what I said last week that he looks really good. And, and then finally we'll, we'll talk about, Ash. I'm just going to give Andrew a minute to talk about all the receivers guys, and then I'll drop back in eventually. Exactly. This, this is the, the give and take, or I take and you, you just listen, but anyways, Ashton Doolin made a hell no, of a catch. Shut up. I'm not, I was not being serious. <laughs> My God, Michael Pittman jr. We talked about this last year unbelievable this guy uh we talked about this last year uh about how he flips he flips his switch when he gets out on the field mm-hmm. uh which blows my mind he seems like the most shy quiet nice guy off the field in interviews you see him posting stuff on his instagram uh different stuff like that and then you see him getting into scuffles on the field you see him getting into scuffles in practice uh, I mean, just turns on beast mode. So the physicality gaining year after year as he gets more and more confident every year, uh, that just makes a lot of sense to me. And I'm not surprised he's body and Stefan Gilmore. Right. And 
it's I think I think Pittman is also under the tutelage of Reggie Wayne. And and just with the group of guys that are on this this wide receiver group, I think Pittman knows that he needs to take another step up, not only just for this team, but for him personally. He said that he wants to be known as a bona fide number one wide receiver in this yeah. league. And I mean, he did it for one season, but it's another thing to be able to go out there and produce again. Another to, right. to increase from his statistics from a year ago when he had... 88 catches for 1,088 yards and, and six touchdowns. Pittman wants to go out there and get 90 to 100 catches. He wants to get 1,200 yards. He wants to get eight to 10 touchdowns. He wants to be one of the top receivers in this league. He's not he's not satisfied with just going out there and being a number one on this team. He wants to be a number one in the NFL. Yeah, and I think he's going to be. And, and again, we, we've talked about this. I don't think there's anyone better than him in the division right now. Uh, so I would agree. I mean, you, uh, you behave like the best receiver in your uh, division, um, put up those numbers, uh, people are going to have to talk about them. Uh, that right. makes you, I mean, I guess if you're just taking one from each division, that puts you at least in top 10. I would say, I mean, if he can have another season, the top top 10 is not out of the question for, for Michael Pittman after this yeah, season. I agree. Uh, I mean, I think right now he's, he's in the top 20, I would say. And I think if he has another stellar season, very well could go into top 10 category. All right. So I'll skip over Paris Campbell because I just, I'm waiting until the season or at least right. preseason to see something again. I think he needs to get a lot of work in the preseason. And if he gets hurt, whoopty shit, what's new. Um, then you don't have such trouble with uh, the wide receiver four position uh, and, and, and who you're keeping on the team as well. Um, but Ashton Doolin was making some noise yesterday on the internet, uh, highlight catch. Um, I think that one came from Ellinger. That one came from Nick Foles at the end. Was of it practice. Nick Foles? I thought it so. I thought I saw number three, uh, number three is Jack Cohn. Okay. Well then I'm way off <laughs> either way. But, highlight catch sticky hands. Everybody's talking about don't sleep on Ashton Doolin. Don't sleep on Ashton Doolin. I'm not sleeping on Ashland Doolin, but I don't know. I don't know if he's number four or if he just remains very important to special teams or, or how that works out. What's your take on Ashton Doolin? Is it just because of a couple highlights this week uh, that you're, I mean, because you're tweeting about him, talking about him too, um, along with some of our buddies, right? So what do you think about Ashton this year? I know you're a big Desmond Patman fan, and I love Patman too as a, as a, as a person. Hell yeah. Ashton Doolin is the number four wide receiver on this team, and it's no competition. Desmond Patman is going to have to basically have, from now on, have the preseason and training camp of his life in order to pass Ashton Doolin. Ashton Doolin, he's a guy that has great speed, probably one of the, if not the fastest guy on the team. He's got size. He's six foot two, over 200 pounds, and he's a guy that, that is still going to be a top special teamer as a gunner. But Ashton Doolin... And it's not just us in the media talking about it. It's mm. Frank Reich talking about it. It's it's Chris Ballard talking about yeah. it. It's Matt Ryan talking about how his confidence in Ashton Doolin is growing. And that's big when your quarterback is, is talking about you in the way that Matt Ryan has talked about Doolin. He's just going out there and, and he's showing that he can play not only just to be a, a speed guy in the slot, Ashton Doolin is going out there and he's playing all three wide receiver roles and he's doing right. it well. And, and we forget that Ashton Doolin is one of the best blocking 
wide receivers on this team. And for a team that's going to continue to pound the rock with Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines, there's a role on this team for Ashton Doolin. And, and I think that's why so many people are excited just because he can do so many different things. He can be the Zach Pascal for this team moving forward. And, and if you, I mean, is he going to be a top wide receiver for this team? No, but is he going to have a, a prominent role in this offense as the number oh, yeah. four wide receiver? Absolutely. Look, here's the thing with for me right now is I just like had this moment like, can you believe all the time we're spending talking about these wide receivers and how excited we are about a wide receiver group that, oh, by the way, we also have the best running back in the league. And then stats, Matt, of course, has to come in and say Hines, uh, number four wide receiver for sure. Um, um, I'd say Hines, number number two or three wide receiver, buddy. I'm higher on Hines than There that. we go. Um, but anyway, I mean, it's just unbelievable to think uh, that we have what we have on top of these receivers that we're so excited about. I mean, it just blows my mind. I haven't been this excited about an offense in a while. Um, moving on from Ashton Duel and Andrew, Alec Pierce, Drew Ogletree. Talk to me. Rookies that are carving out roles right away. And we'll start with Alec Pierce here. And, and I wrote a big piece on Alec Pierce this week about kind of going behind the scenes of why the Colts are throwing so much at Alec Pierce early. Not only is, is Alec Pierce going up against Stefan Gilmore pretty much every day in practice, it seems like him and Gilmore are matched up one-on-one. -on -one. Matt Ryan is spending extra time with him. Reggie Wayne is spending extra time with him. It's because the Colts know that Alec Pierce can handle this number one because of how yeah. smart he is I mean the kid finished an engineering degree in three years some of our buddies had took had to take five years and they're they're pretty smart guys to finish their yeah. engineering degrees it's just not it's not that it's not too big for him Alec I'm Pierce playing uh college sport by the way right exactly and like I said last week Alec Pierce looks like he belongs nothing is too big for him he's going out there yeah he's making mistakes no, but not catastrophic mistakes right. that you think, oh, he shouldn't be out there. Alec Pierce has been with the, the starters from day one of camp, and he's looked like he's belonged as a starter. He should be out there as the, the number three wide receiver behind Michael Pittman and Paris Campbell. And it's 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 a trial by fire with Alec Pierce because the Colts have such a big Little role article planned, such a big role planned for this guy. Going up against Stefan Gilmore every day, who has been very impressive in camp, looks like a Pro Bowl cornerback out there. It's your welcome to the NFL moment where you're going up against one of the best guys in the NFL every day in practice. It's going to make the actual games when you're going up against cornerbacks of lesser, lesser talent. It's going to make it easy for you. So the Colts are doing this deliberately to Alec Pierce and Alec Pierce is, is, is thriving. He's making some plays against Stefan Gilmore as the practices go along. So love to see it. And I think the Colts are very excited and happy with his progress so far. Um, and what stands out about that whole story to me, Andrew is Matt Ryan sticking around, uh, to work with him, right? Mm -hmm. Starting quarterbacks don't stick around after practice or put in extra work with guys they don't think can hack it or guys they don't want to throw the football to. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that that says not, not just a lot about Matt Ryan's leadership, but uh, glowing what he thinks about uh, Alec Pierce himself. Now, Drew Ogletree, 
another rookie standout in camp, apparently. Uh, what have you been liking that you've seen from him? So, Brandon, while I while I talk about Drew Ogletree, I'm going to give you a chance to go check your phone, go look at the Colts' Twitter, and go ahead and see the catch that Drew Ogletree made today in camp. It's going to blow your mind. But this guy, especially this week, Drew Ogletree has really impressed. And, and I've got a, a piece coming out tomorrow morning about Ogletree and about what the Colts are, are currently thinking about Ogletree as far as what his role might be in this offense. But here's a guy that was drafted in the sixth round coming out of Youngstown State as Brandon sees the catch. Um, guy coming out of Youngstown State who played four years of, of wide receiver in college football. This is technically only his second year playing tight end. He played it for one season in college. And he's gone out there, and he's been one of the most impressive guys in training camp. I mean, I talked about Jelani Woods, how he looked like he was the real deal. Jelani Woods has kind of struggled a little bit this week. He hasn't hasn't necessarily been making the plays. He's had some drops, some mistakes. And the guy that's really ascended is Drew Ogletree. The Colts are very, very high on Ogletree, not only because of his size. I mean, he's 6'5", 260 pounds. But he's got his his background as a wide receiver. He still has that speed and that fluid moment or fluid movement, excuse me, to play the wide receiver position. And he's he's been running with the ones because Moelle Cox got a little bit banged up last week. Nothing too serious, but they're just again precautionary. No need to rush it because of being in camp. So Moelle Cox has been in and out, not taking all the reps, but it's allowed guys like Kylan Granson, Jelani Woods, Andrew Ogletree to all get first team reps with the tight ends. And when Ogletree has been in there, right. he's been very, very impressive. So a guy that that wasn't on a lot of people's radars, I mean, we thought, oh, he might be tight end four. He might just make the practice squad and kind of be developmental. If Ogletree keeps this up. It's Kylan you- Granson that's gone. And you know me, I'm not really prone to hyperbole or, or hyping up being over too too hyped about guys. I think Ogletree could legitimately have a big role in this offense, either taking snaps away from Kylan Granson or even taking snaps away from Jelani Woods, his his uh his rookie teammate. So it, he's been very, very impressive, and the Colts staff are very high on Ogletree. Uh, let's talk about the defense a little bit, Andrew. You're telling me that the pass rush is starting to take form. Uh, we'll talk about that in the defense in general. I believe uh, Jake and Zach just did a big thing with uh, what this offensive line is going to look like with um, our new defensive coordinator running the show. Uh, what do you think about the pass rush? What are you seeing in practice right now uh, that gives us high hopes that we might actually have a pass rush this year? So when the Colts don't have pads on, it's really hard to kind of get yeah. a, a sense of what the pass rush is going to look like. But since the pads were on two out of three times this week, they were able to actually go at one another, offensive line versus defensive line. First thing that stands out to me, Yannick Ngakwe, the guy, relentless motor that we we had heard about. It's definitely there. Very, very quick off the snap. Yannick Ngakwe has been, I wouldn't even say burning Matt Pryor because Matt Pryor has been doing a, a pretty good job over there uh-huh. at left tackle, but Ngakwe seems like he is still finding a way into the backfield on, on a lot of different plays. And, and having that kind of edge presence out there, it's something the Colts haven't had in, in a long time. It's not even the Justin Houston effect. He's he's performing at a higher rate than Justin Houston was when he was in Indy. So Yannick Ngakwe 
as advertised for this Colts defense. And then today, DeForest Buckner, a guy that's been that's had a little bit of a back issue, so he's been limited in in how much he's been able to practice. Today, Buckner absolutely dominated practice. He was wrecking almost any every single play that he was out there going in against guys like Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly. He was making progress and getting into the backfield quite often today. And it, it just kind of it piques your interest because when you think of the regular season coming about and you have Buckner and, and Ngakwe rushing the passer on every single play, haven't even yeah. talked about Quiddy Pay over on the, the left side who's who's been showing some improvement that he made throughout the offseason. This pass rush really could be special. If, if, if Ngakwe stays healthy, Buckner stays healthy, and Pay stays healthy, all three of those guys, it's going to be tough to block all of them on every single down. Ngakwe is changing this defensive line as far as a pass rush is concerned. Buckner changed it as far as kind of stopping the run, being that force in the interior. Ngakwe is the edge presence that the Colts have been looking for. Right. So far, so good. Very excited about that. You were not an Ngakwe lover. I wasn't. Andrew, Andrew's one of those guys going, ah, we don't need that kind of guy. We don't need this. We don't need that. Now the guy's following Andrew on Twitter. He close personal friend. reads all of his articles that he writes about him. Uh, and, and they're probably going to be pals. Maybe, uh, going to be on the show. Andrew, uh, said he's going to just pull that out. Um, Hey, I'm the guy that writes those articles. You like so much. You want to come on my podcast? Great. You can't pay. <laughs> you. <laughs> we don't need to pay our guests. Can't donate his time. I'm supposed to pay the guests one day. One day we'll pay <laughs> the guests. Um, but not stats, man. Uh, defense in general, Andrew, uh, I saw some Colts, the Colts post a few highlights, uh, from the defense as well. Not just the offense, um, little Kenny Moore action in there, I believe as well. How are we looking overall in the defense? Um, when guys like Michael Pittman jr. And Alec Pierce aren't showing up, uh, guys like Stefan Gilmore. Well, like I said, the defense has, has won two of the last three days and, and not, and again, not necessarily that the Colts offense is, has looked bad, right? We got a good You're defense. Going, the Colts have a good defense. You're going up against a unit. Let's name off the names. I mean, Unique Ngakwe, DeForest Buckner, Quiddy Pay, Stefan Gilmore, Kenny Moore, Julian Blackman. Shaquille Leonard isn't even out there yet. And right. this defense is all is already making making plays. That's why I tweeted it out today. I think this Colts defense, if everyone can stay healthy. Why is his why is his nickname not Diesel? Who's? Leonard, DSL. Yikes! By the way, Diesel. <laughs> Yikes! Diesel. I mean, I think some. I think some people call him D. So you can anyway. call him that. But anyways, I, I mean, top five unit. I really think this Colts defense has that type of potential. Again, second week of training camp. Let's take it with a grain of salt. Let's see what happens when the games actually matter. Yep. But the pieces are in place there, and now it's up to the players to execute, the coaches to get them in the right positions. But I don't think there there's there shouldn't be an excuse for this Colts defense to be right up there as a top five unit in the league. When you look at the firepower they've they've acquired and the guys that are taking the next step on this defense. Yeah, and I mean we won't have any excuses when the season starts with the schedule we have. I mean I will stand by. Uh, I mean we got to win weeks one and two easy. I, I believe we can beat the Chiefs, who um, are going to be playing away, home, away. 
Uh, so a little back and forth for them. I think we can take care of business then. I think we can beat the, I mean, should start out 4-0 in my opinion. Uh, so they're is also nicknamed losing both of us. Did, did you go black? I didn't go black, but you froze up for a little bit. All right. Well, you'll never go back. Um, <laughs> anyway, I moved along. I was, I was just saying that we can't afford a slow start. Um, I believe we will start well, but uh, like you said, they're going to have to perform and uh, show it when it matters, not just in camp. Right. All right. Let's move it along. Uh, can we, did you miss the part where I said, after I said, why doesn't Darius call himself diesel? And then I remembered the actual Shaq calls himself diesel. Like that's the Shaq. Shaq yeah, name. exactly. Shaq so diesel. that doesn't work either. Um, injury updates for Mr. Darius Shaquille Leonard and DeForest Buckner, Andrew. So like I was talking about Buckner, it seems like his is just more precautionary. He looked perfectly fine today as he was blowing up every single play on the interior of the, uh, the Colts defensive line. He should be fine. No, no real update on Shaquille Leonard. He's still, he's the Ballard and Reich today, both said still making good progress as stats. Matt says, Brandon is the king of the dad joke. He really is. Classic. Um, Shaquille Leonard is making progress. Not his return to the field. Isn't imminent is what they have said. Uh, so I, I think he's out at probably at least a few more weeks probably looking towards the end of August before we we start we might start think about seeing Leonard back in action but it sounds like he there hasn't been any setbacks in his recovery which is a good sign so and he's been out there at every practice he's been jogging around he's been joking around doesn't look like he's in any pain obviously they're probably taking it cautiously before he can get back to full speed but as far as his spirits and him jogging around he he looks good all right, and uh, what about DeForest Buckner, Andrew? So Buckner, like I said, he, I mean, he wrecked practice today. Doesn't seem like that's, that's said going that, to hinder him. I did say that precautionary reasons. He's looking good. I'm too worried about stats, Matt. Call me uh, dad joke king. Uh, first skirmish uh, of our training camp. I got an, I, don't, I did not see anything on this. Colts obviously aren't going to post that first thing, you know. So uh, was it Michael Pittman Jr. in Michael- a little rough? Michael Pittman Jr. was involved. Like I said, does it does it surprise you? No. Michael Pittman Jr. and Rodney McLeod uh, got into it. It was a physical block by those two. Couple couple haymakers were thrown. I don't know if any of Ooh. them. I don't know if any of them connected, but they 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 separated the group. And they separated the two fairly quickly and, and practice moved on. wasn't a huge brawl or anything. But, uh, fists. Some some punches were thrown, but I mean, I'm hey, it's not a brawl. It's, brawl one team. <laughs> It's a what? It's a very hot. Uh, it's been a very hot week down there in Westfield. Yeah. Now it's two weeks straight of hitting one another. The pads are on. Things are getting a little bit more intense. These things happen. So as lo- Frank Reich said, he likes the the competition and being there on the edge, having that intensity. But you can't let it go over the edge and cross the line too often. So I do. I do agree with Matt that the fist flying a little different. It, it, that, I mean, that is a little more than you usually see from one teammate to another but i mean these guys are new to each other this McLeod guy's not been around it's fine i like i love to see it i especially love to see it out of michael pittman jr 
We'll um, see. I think it will be more prevalent when the Lions come to town. We'll have to see how that all goes down. That'll be fun. Hopefully, it's not so damn hot. I'm sweating. Right now, I mean, I am just profusely sweating. Uh, last thing on the defense, Wyatt Law says, if Big Grove isn't constantly absorbing double teams, he can actually bring some pressure up the middle as well. Absolutely true. Very Big true. Grove, underrated defensive tackle. And I think I think when when Stewart isn't in, you're going to have Dio Dangbo in there next mm-hmm. to Buckner on those pass rushing snaps because Odangbo is a better is more of a pass rusher along the interior than Grover Stewart is Taekwon Lewis as well. So both yeah. of those guys, when you put them in there with with Ngakwe, Buckner, and Pay, they're going to be able to eat some and and find some opportunities. All right, and let's chat about some of these camp competition updates. Um, first one, tight end position. Is it Granson versus Woods or is it Granson versus Ogletree? I think right now it's after this week, Granson did have a good week. He did bounce back. Nothing spectacular, but he, he made some catches in, in red zone work. He caught a few touchdowns. So Granson did have a bounce back week. So as of right now, I would think it's Granson as number two, but when you're looking at tight end three, I think right now it's a toss up between Ogletree and Woods, which I didn't think was going to happen, but Hey, competition brings out the best. And if Ogletree saying the same thing last week about Jelani Woods though. I saw. I said Jelani Woods was looking good, so that's the thing. It can change week to week, but because of Ogletree's consistency and how much he's flashed, he's right there with Woods as far as who could be that tight end three. Love that. Um, and then we still have Pryor versus Raymond. Last I checked, Pryor was long ahead in this competition. Has anything changed? Not really. Pryor is still the left tackle. Raymond's been doing well with the second team. And, and he has been holding his own. Colts are happy with this progress. But as of right now, I don't think Pryor is in danger of losing his starting role at left tackle. I'm skipping right over this next one. Pinner and Fries. It's Pinner. It's I Pinner. Mean, take Let's it off wrong. the list, Andrew. We're not talking about it next week. Take it off the <laughs> list. The one that's still interesting, though, Rodgers and Faison. Um, what do we, what do we, what, are, what does it look like this week? Because last week, uh, Rodgers was taking second team reps and facing was all with uh, first team. So, yep. And it's about the same. So Rod- facing really hasn't given up any ground to, to Isaiah Rogers. Isaiah Rogers has been making plays, but, but facing has been holding his own on that first team. He hasn't really. And I think this is key. He hasn't done anything necessarily to lose that spot. I mean, he isn't going out there. He did give up a big, a big throw, a double move to Michael Pittman jr. But Hey, some, Sometimes you're going to get beat. It's the NFL. Stefan Gilmore has gotten beat a couple times in practice. But but Faison has been doing fairly well. He's out there. He's being consistent and helping in the run game. He is sticking to the receivers when he's out there. So I don't think it's necessarily anything that Rodgers is doing wrong. It's just that Faison's been playing at a pretty high level. All right, we'll throw one in here before we go uh, down to the strong safety. Uh, competition we didn't get to talk about because they just started it in pads, the kicking competition. Uh, heard Blankenship might be in trouble from Stats Matt. I've not heard that update yet. All I saw was they both went four from four or four for four. Um, uh, but I believe that was yesterday, the day before. Um it, it it was there new news today that I missed out on for the kickers. So what we've what we've been allowed to see so far, uh hot rod. Rodrigo Blankenship and Jake Verity, all both of them have made every single kick that they've they've kicked open to the media, open to the fans. Every single one's been good. Today they did a little two minute drill, and the the Colts first team offense got it to within field goal range, about a fifty yarder. 
both Blankenship and Barity both hit that 50 yarder. So, so far, both of them made all their kicks. I think what's, what's standing out with, with Barity though, is that he's got a leg. He's, he's got a, yeah. he's got a boot on there and, and the ball just comes off his leg a little bit, a little bit different than it does Blankenship. So that's something to watch if, if, if Verity ends up having quite a bit more distance to his leg and they're about the same accuracy wise, then I think the competition could heat up. But right now I think hot rod still has the edge. I personally, we all know how I feel about hot rod and I, I hope hot rods on the team. Um, Hot Rod has struggled with long kicks in the regular season. However, last year, injury, uh, but also, I mean, he's a smaller guy. He's getting bigger. He's hitting the weights. It's going to be fine. I met the guy. He's not tiny. I mean, Close he was a personal friend. Yeah, you did meet him down there. I forgot about that. Yeah, ran into him in Carmel. No big deal. But last last season, before he got hurt in the Baltimore Ravens game, pregame, he was 9 for 10 on field goals. So not not terrible for a, for a right. kicker that was on pace to have a very good season. And we're not a team that is afraid to go for it, you know, in, in, in very odd, you know, field positions. And maybe that's because of worry that our kicker can't get the ball there. But I, I think we all know that's just Frank Reich's attitude. And we're, by the way, get ready to see more of that this year. Matt Ryan's going to be all for it. He's like, hell yeah, we're going for it. I love this guy. <laughs> um, so uh, let's move it along to strong safety. McLeod and Cross, um, I mean, can't be fighting your number one wide receiver, right? So who knows? Now, now McLeod, he did start out camp with a little bit of an injury, uh, had a procedure done in the offseason. He's come back, and while Cross has been the, pro the guy that's primarily been with the ones, McLeod did – as he's been getting back with the team, more familiar with the scheme, McLeod has started to take some of those first team reps. Now they're going back and forth a little bit. So I still think Cross probably gets it in the end. And I still think he leads right now. But McLeod is starting to take some of that first, some of those first team reps away from Cross. Uh, Matt, absolutely not. I'm not even putting it on the screen. Um, so, I mean, it, it, do you think Cross is still ahead in this now that McLeod is, you know, back to action yeah i would say cross is still the the leader in the doghouse for that for that strong safety spot okay is leader rodney thomas house. getting reps at safety rodney thomas has been playing at safety a little bit um he's been playing some corner as well but he, the seventh round pick out of yale he's been primarily with the third team he's been getting some second team reps but he hasn't really stood out yet marcel dabo if you want to talk about one of the the defensive backs with a story, Marcel Dabo, the guy from the, the European German exchange program with the international pathway program for the NFL. He, he's been making some plays when, when given the opportunity. So he, that's a, that's one to watch is possibly a guy that stays on the practice squad kind of learns and, and maybe the Colts bring him up later in the season. Fantastic. Um, also stats, Matt just kind of randomly threw in Curtis Brooks. Curtis just, Brooks just said Curtis Brooks. Curtis Brooks along the defensive line. He's uh he's a feisty one. A sixth round yeah. pick out of Cincinnati. He looks like he could possibly be the backup three technique to DeForest okay. Buckner. And and I mean he's he's a guy that that has pretty good pass rushing skills, a little bit smaller, but man, he's got a motor. That guy just does not stop. Love it. All right, let's move it along here. Uh we did it again. I mean, we just finished the first segment and we're 45 minutes in. So let's talk okay. about some other cool news. 
we dedicated 40 minutes to this time slot, so we're all right. We're a Colts podcast. Did we? we did. 35 to 40. All right, fair enough. All right, well, we'll keep this short then. OBJ rumors. Andrew, how dare you, you little blogger boy. By the way, stats, Matt. Way to go to bat uh, for Andrew and the guys. Uh, for some reason, mention me in a tweet with a bunch of guys I don't belong in a tweet with uh, who <laughs> actually know things and get information, and I do not. I just hear from Andrew. Um, so I guess if you trust Andrew, you can get to trust me because uh, I'm probably just repeating something he told me. Uh, listen, anytime this conversation happens, any, you know, and we actually did not have talks with Julio, which the fact that Chris Ballard said that out loud offended Julio. So he went off and said, oh yeah, they tried to talk to me. Um, but anyway, just because somebody says, hey, things were heating up. They were talking, they were serious. And then the guy doesn't sign. That does not mean those talks never happen. Okay. Greg Doyle. <laughs> that's why I watch on YouTube. Mr. 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 Column coming guy. Yeah. On his tweets. So yes. go ahead, Andrew. What do you, what do you, what do you know? What have you heard? And do you have any updates since Greg Doyle shit on you? So, so this is, I mean, I'm going to shout out Rashad McGinnis of the blue stable. He's the one that, that came out with it, uh, that the Colts have are, are, are in talks with Odell Beckham jr. And the talks have been heating up. And again, you, you nailed it right on the head, just because talks are heating up. That doesn't mean that the Colts are going to sign Odell Beckham jr. And I want to be upfront about that because right. that, the Colts aren't the only team talking to Odell Beckham jr. He's right. a free agent. The Rams still Rams. would like to, would like to have him back. The Raiders have been in contact with him. The Green Bay Packers have been in contact with him. That's just a, a, three of the other teams besides the Colts. But because, but when we say talks are heating up between Odell Beckham Jr. and the Colts, that means that the talks have been the most serious that they've been in a long time. Or, Maybe in actual a long time negotiations or, being made, not just like, hey, would you be interested? Sure, I'd be interested. Let's your, have your people talk to my people. Exactly. Like seriously, like negotiating and talking seriously, business. seriously talking about Odell joining the team. Does it mean he's not having serious conversations with other teams? And, and I mean, there's been other people that have come out and refute this. I mean, Stephen Holder of ESPN said that he, that he's not hearing this. Zach Kiefer uh, from the athletics said that he's not, but, but Rashad McGinnis of the blue stable, who's been right on multiple occasions, Jason Spears for the culture. Hey, he's hearing the same thing. We've been hearing rumblings of the same thing. So again, we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. Are the Colts close to signing Odell Beckham jr? No, they are not. And I want to make that very clear. That Don't believe you wrote that in your article where I didn't because they're not, they're, they're, they're not yet, but clickbait blogger boy. That's, that's me. Call me Dan Dock. It's probably uh rolling in his grave. Well, he's not dead, but you get it. <laughs> Um, you dead to me, <laughs> but so, so that's what we talk about. Now I want to, I want to ask you this and then I'll give my 40 minute response. Do you think Odell Beckham jr. Helps this Colts team? Even if he can't now the time, now the timeline for him to come back is probably at earliest late October, early November. But do you think Odell Beckham jr. Would help this Colts team? And would you be on board with the signing? I'd be on board. I've wanted to, I, I love Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, he's a little whiny, you know, pansy on occasion, but I think he's grown out of that a bit. 
Um, you know, aside from saying that he'd be willing to miss the Super Bowl because his first kid was being born. Hey, man, literally you you blasted yourself in the face with a kicker's net uh, because all you want to do is win a Super Bowl so bad. Hey, Alexa, shut the fuck up. Explicit. Explicit. Um, so I was doing well. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I mean, he'd be a great replacement for when Paris Campbell gets hurt. <laughs> fit him right or, in there or he could be a nice uh compliment to paris campbell when paris campbell goes for 900 yards and six tuds here's but here's a fact here's the facts you might not like like odell beckham jr you may not like his personality but he's a damn good wide receiver still is a damn good wide receiver and all that attitude and all that fire is 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 a desire to win in my, and that's my true opinion. Maybe I'm wrong, but I do. I really believe the guy just wants to win football games and, and win another Super Bowl. Well, here's the thing. When he went to LA last year, all the, t- everything coming out of the Rams organization was how great of a teammate he was, his work yep. ethic and how he would, he, all he didn't care what his role was. He wanted to do what was asked of him by Sean McVay, yep. by Matthew Stafford in that Rams offense to win. He saw it with the Giants. He saw it with the Browns. Maybe as a 29-year-old, finally clicked in his mind that, hey, this isn't about stats. I need to go out there and seriously do what it takes to win a Super Bowl. I think yeah. Odell Beckham Jr. has matured. Now, would I say he's he's going to be a leader, like if the Colts signed T.Y. Hilton? Absolutely not. That would not be his role. But coming into the Colts and helping them down the stretch run and down and 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 potentially into the playoffs why that could, that could be a big boost for this Colts this Colts team especially when you have Paris Campbell who we don't know if he can stay healthy if one of these Colts also, by receiver, the way Paris if you're listening I'm not trying to put any bad juju on you I'm just making a bad joke well it's it's not even the it's not even just Paris Campbell if one no. of these Colts wide receivers yep. goes down they're in big trouble because of how fit imagine if my if I mean knock on wood I'm not even gonna say it number 11 goes down Colts are in Colts are in bad shape. So adding a T.Y. Hilton or, or an Odell Beckham Jr. would would greatly help the depth of this wide receiver group and, and be a big help down the stretch. All right, we got to move it along. Injury designations. The pup list remains the same. Linebacker Shaquille, uh Darius Shaquille Leonard, and wide receiver Mike Strawn. Um okay. White law, we disagree on this one today, pal, but that's all right. We, we, we've gotten along most of the day. Uh, Colts place wide receiver John Hurst and guard slash tackle Carter O'Donnell on IR. Uh, Colts signed defensive tackle KV on Patton, center Alex Mollett, and wide receiver DJ Montgomery. And the Colts release defensive end Brian Cox Jr. Uh, we like to call those uh, camp ads and trade or ads and drops. It was funny. The Colts released that that tweet saying the Colts signed wide receiver. And then it was DJ Montgomery. Wasn't T.Y. Hilton or Odell Beckham, but man, they got us for half a second there. Um, All right. News around the league. News around the league. News around the league. It is. Oh boy. We're not going to, we're not talking long about this. We're going to give the facts. Uh, We're going to give the facts uh, about what was decided and what's still going on and, and probably leave it at that. 
Um, Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson suspended six games for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy uh, decided by former federal judge Sue L. Robinson. No additional fine will be levied against Watson. NFL has decided to appeal the game six game suspension, obviously in favor of suspending him longer. Correct. Correct. And the NFL PA plans to sue the NFL and federal court over the appeal. Um, I assume because the NFL and the NFLPA decided to use someone more neutral, like a former judge. So as a, yeah, pr- probably because of the, of how it was decided, NFLPA is uh, of course going to sue and take this to federal court. And if it does, there's a chance Watson is out there for week one. But what has happened now is that the NFL had, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. Originally, the NFL had wanted the ruling to be an indefinite suspension right. of Deshaun Watson and a fine of up to, uh, I think it was either, it's it's either twelve million dollars or a fine that was equal to his salary last year with the Texans. Something something to that effect, which could have been around twenty million. So now it goes. The, since the NFL is appealing, it's going to be heard by somebody that, that of commissioner roger goodell's choice it's not roger goodell he said it could have been it very well could have been roger goodell that that ruled on the appeal but he has since said that it won't be him and i'm not sure if they have named the person yet if they have i'm not sure who that person's name is but it will be a another neutral party that hears the appeal and again the nfl will be pushing for a longer suspension for uh for deshaun watson the stats matt said that it's somebody on the uh on an nfl board um but yeah that's that's kind of where we're at with this right now jacoby Brissett right now is the is the will be the starting quarterback for the uh browns attaboy jacoby but i I, this this deshaun watson thing is still going to go on for for a few more weeks before before it's finally decided and it's probably going to get ugly between the nfl and the nflpa and you know football twitter uh probably should have gotten more than six games looking at other suspensions that have happened in the Mm -hmm. past uh for other things and that's i think that's what's really got a lot of people riled as well i mean aside from you know what he allegedly did i believe i read somewhere and i do not know if this was fact but if true makes sense i suppose it the nfl they they didn't have enough evidence uh there wasn't enough actual evidence against Deshaun, which I believe, you know, if the judge was doing her job, she's got to go based on evidence, right? But again, people have been suspended for more for less. Uh and, you know, fine would be great. From what he I've just made heard, a lot of extra money. I think he could afford a fine. From what I've heard, the the NFL presented five or six of the of the cases against Watson instead of all twenty four. And, right. and maybe they made the rules solely off those five or six cases. Stats Matt said that Peter Harvey is the is the man that's going to be reviewing the appeal and making the final decision. Um, okay, but yeah, we'll see. It's it's not over. Well, this is going to go on to in, probably into the regular season. Watson has also agreed to settle three of the remaining four civil lawsuits against him. Uh, by the way, just you know, give him a massage chair or uh, make guys massage him from now on in the team facility only. He's not. Uh, he is now not allowed to seek massages from anybody outside of the Browns correct. organization. And then I believe that's why they should uh, hire a male masseuse. That's kinda, only for Deshaun. That kind of sounds like. A, 
I'm not going to say anymore. But hey, when when that's in the when that's the in NFL the ruling, has stripped the Dolphins of their 2023 first round draft pick and 2024 third round pick for violating the integrity of the game. The Dolphins owner, Stephen Ross, also suspended through October 17th and fined $1.5 million. So I'll explain why this fine and the loss of draft picks happened. So it was found that the Dolphins tampered with Tom Brady, quarterback Tom Brady, were in talks with him while he was still with the Patriots, Patriots during his last year and during his last season with the Buccaneers about him possibly joining the the Miami Dolphins. So while he was still under contract for both teams, not only that, I think it's kind of bullshit. The player doesn't get in any trouble for this either. I just think it's really weird, really weird that uh, whenever we're talking about these scandals, Tom Brady's always involved. involved. Mm. Honest Mm. man. Hilarious on the internet. Hilarious. Probably watching our show. Probably, yeah. Tom Brady, where are you to defend yourself? What do you have to say for yourself? But anyways, and then on top of all that, they were talking with Sean Payton, coach of the New Orleans Saints, while he was still under contract with the New Orleans Saints. And then finally, the the talk of possibly trying to lose games to and, and tank to better their position in the 2020 NFL draft. Is. When... uh as Tom Brady says, I did nothing wrong. Sure, you didn't, bud. Uh, that that's all the uh, that all of that together has culminated in the loss of the first round pick, a third round pick in twenty twenty four. Dolphins owner being suspended and fined one point five million. And the thing is, the Dolphins still have a first round pick in this upcoming draft. Did you hear that? Is Alexa talking again? Yeah. All right. I don't know. I I don't know how to turn the setting off. Where she just keeps telling me people are in the kitchen. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like every time I come home, uh, Cardinals wide receiver Marquise Brown was arrested Wednesday morning for criminal speeding. The boy, was, did I see some memes about this one? Dude was going 126 miles per hour. Yikes. Hollywood Brown. I mean, buddy, you're not starting off very well with your new team out there in Arizona. I saw some jokes about him being suspended for more games than than Watson Yikes. Uh, and different things like that. Very funny stuff. Uh, 49ers and wide receiver Debo Samuel uh, agree to a three-year $71.55 million extension with $58.1 million guaranteed. Um, did, was part of that agreement also that he plays wide receiver and not running back? I think... I think Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers got the picture. I don't think they're going to be putting him in a hybrid running back wide receiver role anytime, but Hey, good for Debo. Definitely well-deserved one of the best wide receivers in the game. Steelers and wide receiver Deontay Johnson agreed to a two year, $36.71 million extension with 27 million guaranteed. Um, he, okay. So Johnson was holding into training camp. He was there, but wasn't practicing because this was the final year of his deal. He wanted some some assurance for the future, and he gets it. So I think it's a good deal on both sides because Johnson's a pretty good wide receiver. Cardinals and offensive tackle DJ Humphreys agree to a three-year $66.8 million extension with $34 million guaranteed. And it, can we keep going here? Keep it going. Cowboys signed former Vikings linebacker Anthony Barr. That's interesting. 
is interesting. And then the Broncos wide receiver, Tim Patrick, suffers a torn ACL in practice, potentially out for the season. And Tim Patrick, man, you got I feel bad for him because he he was ascending to end last year. And now he's got Russell Wilson. He could be the third wide receiver on that team behind Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. He was probably going to have a pretty decent year. So just terrible, terrible luck for Tim Patrick. And Buccaneers center Ryan Jensen suffers season-ending knee injury in practice, and I heard Tom Brady retired after that again. <laughs> That's a big injury for the for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yeah. because Ryan Jensen, one of the best centers in the league, guy that Tom Brady really, really trusts, and now they're going to have to put a guy that in there under center that Brady really hasn't worked with a lot. And I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure Brady, the professional, the quarterback that he is, they'll, they'll be able to make it work, but it's still a pretty big blow to the uh, Buccaneers offensive line. That's already missing two starters in the middle there. All right, go follow us at a Colts podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and the Facebook. Uh, and while you're there, make sure to also Go check out the uh, Colts podcast ticket giveaway. Two tickets to the Colts versus the Lions, August 20th, 1 p.m. at Lucas Oil Stadium. Preseason game rules are like a Colts podcast on Facebook. Don't have a Facebook? Get a Facebook. Follow a Colts podcast at a Colts podcast at Andrew Moore NFL and at BM Moses 2Ms9 at on Twitter. Man, I can talk. Uh, and subscribe to a Colts podcast on YouTube. If you don't have any of those things, download them and use it. I mean, I don't care. Uh, if you want the tickets, do that. And if you want an extra ticket entry, take a screenshot of your review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and shoot it over to me or Andrew or the Colts podcast account on Twitter, Facebook, wherever you want. Uh, Andrew, kind sir, do you have anything else for the lovely, lovely fans of a Colts podcast? Get your entries in for that ticket giveaway. It's going to be a fun day it's there fun. at Lucas Oil Stadium. So get those in. Andrew's doing be... the count all on his own. So yeah, I'm going to count it up and pick a winner. It's going to be fun. But hey, I'll be down there in Westfield on Sunday. A random winner, the by the way. Stats Matt yeah. is uh, not going to win. Stats Stats Matt. I don't know if he's eligible. Everybody okay. will call bullshit if Stat Matt, Stats Matt wins. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll be in Tom Westfield. Brady will probably end up winning that bastard. I'll be on. I'll be down there in Westfield on Sunday uh, again, bringing you all the action from Colts camp, and more pads are going to be on. It's going to be fun. Wait, you might want to make sure your uh, Twitter handle and whatnot all kind of match up with your YouTube name and your Facebook. We're going to need to know who you are. Otherwise, you're probably out of luck. Andrew's going to do some. <laughs> all right, Andrew. Uh, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week, I believe, with week three update. And until then, everybody, go Colts. Go Colts. Let this moment become a cherished memory. And then remember, a legacy is only worthwhile when there is a future to fuel. God bless you and God bless football.